You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Bellato, joined as always by Chris Flum, and we are here today to discuss the Giants' current running back situation as they head into the 2023 NFL season. We are all eager and excited to get that season underway. But Chris, we got to start here with Saquon Barkley. This is the face of the franchise, a player that John Mara loves. He comports himself the right way. He does and says everything correctly. Right now, it seems to be Giants, Saquon Barkley. There's a little bit of a disagreement. Giants slapped the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. He has not signed the franchise tag. And the Giants and his camp, they're trying to come to some sort of long-term agreement. But it's a little bit complicated, is it not, Chris? Yeah, I would say it's actually a a lot complicated right now. You said John Mara loves Saquon Barkley. He was drafted to be the face of the Giants franchise. And bear in mind, this was when Odell Beckham was the face of the Giants franchise. Like you could tell how the Giants talked about Saquon Barkley during the draft process back in 2018. And then after he was drafted, like they they envisioned him as the face, the guy on the front of their programs. And I, I don't think John Mara wants to move on from that which kind of complicates matters even further. And there's a lot of rumors going around right now as we're recording this. Is the disagreement about years? Is it about money? And we're not exactly sure. So according to New Jersey Advanced Media and Patricia Trena, I know she wrote about this over at Giants Country. Saquon Barkley was offered a $12.5 million contract during the bye week last season. He rejected that. Now, at that time, let's not forget, Saquon Barkley was the primary force in the New York Giants offense. The Giants were exceeding expectations up until that point. He had just ran for 110 yards against Jacksonville. And remember, on that final drive, it was the same play over and over and over again. He ran for 146 yards against Chicago, 164 yards in the upset win in week one, including that very important two-point conversion that probably doesn't happen if it was not Saquon Barkley. But then we saw a little bit of a, a step back from Saquon Barkley as he was dealing with the shoulder issue after the Houston game, but he still was the impetus to this offense. That was rejected at $12.5 million. And then after the season, it was reported by New Jersey Advanced Media that he was offered, his camp was offered $13 million, so up half a million, with $1 million in incentives, bringing it to $14 million. And then that was denied as well. And this brings me to my point, Chris, or just my question. What type of contract is Saquon Barkley looking to earn right here? Because 
He said after the year he wasn't looking to reset the running back market. But Christian McCaffrey is sitting at the top of that running back market at about $16 million. And we've seen contract after contract and team after team look unfavorably as the contracts have waned a little bit, as they have kind of progressed. We've seen the Vikings reportedly after June 1st are going to cut Dalvin Cook. The whole Joe Mixon situation, not great. Ezekiel Elliott cut by the Dallas Cowboys. What's going on with Alvin Kamara making 15 million a year? The running back position has been depreciated. But Saquon Barkley denied that possible $14 million a year with the incentives deal. It just seems like what is the number or what is the situation that is going to give Saquon Barkley that warm and fuzzy feeling to come back to the New York Giants, where I think the Giants do want him, but I don't think they're going to, or I don't think Joe Shane will really give him that 16 or 15 or whatever the hell he's looking for, unless it is an incentive laden contract, but it could just be years. So what are your thoughts on this? Well, I I really think that whether the number you're we're wondering about, they're wondering about, they're looking for, whether it's years or dollars, it really does come down to money. You know, do you think for one second that if the Giants offered Saquon Barkley a one-year $50 million contract, he wouldn't sign that and run to the bank as fast as he could? Like, he absolutely would. I think if they offered him a five or six year contract, even if it wasn't anywhere close to 16 million a year, but it gave him some real long-term stability and security, he would sign that as well. Yeah. It's finding the balance in between those where it's right for the giants, where it's fiscally responsible for the giants, but also offers the type of compensation and security for Barkley that he is looking for. Now, I think the big question is whether or not that number, that balance exists. And these two sides are on a time limit. You know, one of the rules of the franchise tag is that, at least as I understand it, the player and team have a deadline. I I believe that deadline, it, it usually is in sometime in July. Last year was July 15th to negotiate an extension if they can't they cannot negotiate until the following offseason so that would mean Barkley if he plays this year would be playing on the franchise tag or he would be sitting out the season like the if the two sides cannot come to an agreement those are the options and those are not options that the Giants obviously want at all because Saquon Barkley was such a important part of what the Giants accomplished last season. This is somebody playoffs included that rushed for 1,426 yards, a 4.6 yard per carry mark with 12 touchdowns, 41 missed tackles force, which was 17th in the NFL. And he had 2.75 yards after contact average, which was 42nd in the NFL. But this is somebody who can run power gap. He was second most in power gap runs behind Josh Jacobs last year. He was second best in rushing for over 15 yards on designed rushes behind Nick Chubb, who was the first best. So this is somebody who can assist you in creating explosive plays, which we know the Giants really struggled to do last season. And he's also an asset out of the backfield. I think he could probably expand his game as a receiver. I don't necessarily think he's the most natural receiver as a running back, but he was fourth most in running back targets in the entire NFL last year. He did have six drops, but he also ran the third most routes 
in the NFL. We saw a little bit down the stretch of the season, him running routes out of the slot against Indianapolis. We saw that a little bit actually against Detroit after the bye week. We also saw it in some of these Minnesota games. So maybe he can develop in that area. But my point is he was such a a huge reason why the Giants were so successful and the Giants offense at parts last season really leaned on Saquon Barkley. So these two sides need to come to some sort of agreement to bring this player back. But I do not want Joe Shane to be like, okay, you're you 14 and a half, 15, 15, whatever you want. We're going to give it to you. Like stand firm to the number that you believe he's worth and play hardball if you have to, because Look, dude, the Giants, they're in okay cap health long term right now. It's not a terrible situation, but you're going to have to lock up Andrew Thomas eventually. You're going to have to lock up Xavier McKinney eventually. And you don't, I'm sorry, man, in 2023, it's hard to allocate a big portion of your cap to the running back position right now. I mean, it just doesn't seem like a lot of teams that have done that have really been excited about it in even a year's year time. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Pretty much every team that has signed a running back to a big deal has regretted it and regretted it pretty quickly. I mean, like you said, Ezekiel Elliott was cut. Christian McCaffrey got traded. Dalvin cook looks like he might get cut. Uh, Derek Henry, his production became, I would say wildly inconsistent after the AJ Brown trade. And of course, Ryan Tannehill, you know, who knows kind of what's up with him long term so it really is hard to justify giving a running back big money long term particularly because nfl teams are very very good modern offenses are fantastic at really creating yardage on the ground i mean that's kind of why the cliche has evolved that running backs don't matter to a large degree it doesn't really matter what the name on the back of the jersey is you can get a good running back can get most of the yardage that a great running back can on a given play now it's the it's those outlier plays those explosive plays where having a player like Saquon Barkley makes a difference but those don't come around all that often no unfortunately they don't come around all that often and look I understand the the argument against the running back position and how a lot of teams are finding talented guys on day three who they're plugging into good systems and they're just working at them. It's something that Kyle Shanahan has done over and over again, yet he still sometimes goes out and spends like a third round pick on a running back that never sees the field because some undrafted guy ends up taking his job. But I do think the Giants, and I think a lot of people would agree with this, would be worse if you had to be forced to run a committee with Eric Gray, Matt Breida, or Gary Brightwell, or Deshaun Corbin, or players like that. And I like those players, but Saquon Barkley gives you something different. So hopefully he's out there, but as of right now, it remains unseen on what's going to happen with this situation. And uh, I just, um, I, I hope that they can figure it out, but also be judicious with the cap in terms of what it's going to look like later on. I'm, I'm just curious on if there is some sort of wiggle room to where that can happen, where Saquon Barkley is brought back and everyone's happy, but the Giants aren't screwed long-term in terms of their cap, because as I've already said, you don't want to allocate too much to the running back position. But Chris, do you have anything else on Saquon Barkley before we transition to some of the other running backs on this roster? Yeah, you know, we've talked about how the Giants are in pretty good cap health right now. They're in a pretty good cap situation, but they 
do have to long term yes yeah long term right now the right now things are tight but they do have to keep an eye on that because you know that this time of year you can go you can go to the gym watch what you eat get in pretty good shape look pretty good going to the beach but then you have a few too many uh adult beverages maybe you have a little bit too much pizza and ice cream you know what whatever your favorite thing is and all of a sudden you're not in that great a shape anymore you 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 have to be careful how and where you splurge and you know the giants can't really afford too many junk contracts no they cannot all right before we get to matt Breida, eric gray gary brightwell sean corbin we're gonna take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at sb nation support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All righty, Chris, let's start with Matt Breida. Matt Breida was brought back on another short one-year deal. I feel like the impact that he had last year, it was felt in key situations. And then it was like a cherry on top of the season, how the Giants were able to have success at the end of the year, implementing pony personnel, which is 21 personnel, which means two running backs on the field. And Matt Breida's, I think, just explosiveness and speed and how that kept defenses honest really put those defenses in a bind because this is somebody who only had 54 carries in 2022. It's not that much. He also had 20 receptions on 25 targets, which is all well and good. But I feel like his impact was really felt on a lot of those like third and short, fourth and short situations where it was him against a defender and somehow he made that defender miss and he picked up the first down. So I really liked just how tough he was in those high leverage spots and I would say I'm happy the Giants brought him back since it was such a low cost type of deal. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And that was one of the one of the things I really wanted to note in our show notes is that Matt Breida didn't have a whole lot of big plays. Like he didn't have a whole lot of explosive plays. I believe he only had one touchdown last year. But when the Giants needed him to produce, whether it was picking up a first down with his legs when he got the ball unexpectedly or when he got catching a pass for a first down on a third and, you know, catching a six yard pass on a third and five, that sort of thing. He was there for them and he 
definitely wasn't the Giants bell cow back. I, I don't know if he could be that back, but I for the role he was asked to play, backing up Saquon Barkley when Barkley never came off the field for all intents and purposes, I thought he was a very under-the-radar but important player for the Giants offense. And the perfect change of pace too, yes. right? Because this is somebody who, he's not 235 pounds. He's not going to lower his shoulder and run through you, but he's quick. And if you have Saquon Barkley using his power and his overall just athletic ability and all of the traits that he has throughout the first three quarters, then you bring in Matt Breida in a, in a creative way and you have a 21 personnel package where you use him as a wing back. You use him in the backfield, you use him in shotgun split back with Saquon Barkley out there. The defenses need to think. The defenses need to adjust, and you can keep, catch them sleeping. I feel like the Giants are very creative in those situations, so now they're going to bring him back and see what else they can get from him. But they also added competition at the running back position by selecting Eric Gray in the fifth round, the rookie out of Oklahoma, somebody who is not fast. He's not a breakaway guy, but he can make you miss in a phone booth. A lot of a lot of short area quickness there, and I feel like he's um, a player that maybe he's not going to move the pile with power or anything like that, but he can really angle his body in a manner to to make you, as a defender, have a difficult time to really tee him up and bring him down. So what were your thoughts on the addition of Eric Gray? I really liked it at the time. There was a, there was a cluster of those day three running backs. We talked a lot about them in the days leading up to the draft, where I, I thought the Giants could get really good value. And Eric Ray was one of those runners. And you're right. He doesn't have the speed to pull away from defenders, you know, except for maybe like a nose tackle, anything like that. He's not going to produce explosive plays. He can, I think, sustain some separation to create a chunk play if he gets some daylight and a defender has a bad angle on him. But other than that, I think he's going to be a very a very dependable running back, a guy who can get you four or five yards, almost regardless of the situation, because he's got great quickness, good vision, good contact balance, great short area quickness. Like you said, he's able to get skinny and just kind of angle himself so that even decent tackle attempts turn into bad tackle attempts and basically wind up squirting through holes that he has no business getting through. And that does have value. And yeah, I think he can challenge Matt Breida for the backup running back or be a, a two B option to go on in pony package, pony personnel alongside Saquon Barkley. And depending on what happens long-term, maybe he could become a, lead runner in a running back rotation if Barkley winds up playing on the franchise tag and is not with the Giants down the road. He rushed for over 3,000 yards with 5.6 yards per carry and 21 touchdowns throughout his four years in college. Remember, he started his career at Tennessee in 2019 and then transferred after the 2020 season to Oklahoma, where he had 58 missed tackles this past season, went over 1,300 yards with 11 touchdowns, eight of his 13 games, he rushed for over 100 yards, and he also rushed for over 200 yards against West Virginia in week 11. This is a player who can wear you down a little bit, and I uh, I appreciate his ability to have success in a power gap system, 
and in zone. I mean, he rushed a lot out of the shotgun, but they did a lot of creative stuff over there at Oklahoma. And I'm there with you. I don't know if he could be the 1A. I think he could be a 1B, maybe a 1A, depending on who you add. But I do think if Saquon Barkley is no longer a New York Giant beyond this season, he can be a part of a running back by committee. But let's transition to Gary Brightwell, who was drafted out of Arizona back in 2021 in the sixth round by the Joe Judge, by Dave Gettleman, mostly for special teams purposes. At least that's what it was kind of built as. This is a special team edition. It's like, oh, all right, cool. You know, he's a good guy and all that stuff. I felt like when the Giants brought him out there last year, he actually showed some juice and some wiggle and, and, and some things that I didn't necessarily envision for him, which makes me a little bit more enticed about maybe his profile going forward if he does deserve or get a shot with this coaching staff. So what are your impressions of Gary Brightwell and what he showed last year running the ball? Yeah, he he was a pleasant surprise, I thought, as a runner, you know, he only had 87 offensive snaps last year with, you know, that's compared to 295 special teams snaps. But when he was on the field, you know, 31 carries, 141 yards, he did score a touchdown. His 4.5 yards per carry was actually better than, it actually led the Giants running backs. The only runner to have more yards per carry was Daniel Jones. So I think he was definitely a very pleasant surprise. I thought he had more juice with the ball in his hands than I saw on tape from him as a college player. And certainly than I saw from him last year or in 2021, I should say, because last year was 2022. Yeah. I thought he was quicker. I thought he had a bit more speed and explosiveness, uh, some better agility. He always had good contact balance and solid vision, but he was actually able to act on that more last year. So I don't know if maybe he was just playing a little bit lighter or maybe some differences in training kind of unlocked that for him. Yeah, the, the, the plays that came up to me were the Week 18 game when Davis Webb was a starting quarterback. Chris, don't get too excited. <laughs> I felt like he had a couple really nice runs against the Eagles in that game. Who They were playing their starters, if, we, if you remember correctly. Now... There was also the game in week 12 against Dallas. He had a couple like 10 plus yard runs. It had, a, I think, also a catch in that game, too, that kind of stuck out to me. And it was kind of the early iteration of 21 personnel by Mike Kafka, because the one play, I think it was a 15 yard rush and it was a reduced bunch inside zone where the tight end, I think it was Chris Myrick at the time, was the capper coming across the kickout block. And they use Saquon Barkley on an end man around just a fake and it held the linebacker in place. And then you just see Gary Brightwell just burst through the center of the defense and make a man miss. And it was just impressive. And it was something that kind of stuck out to me just because I, I didn't see that a lot throughout his first uh, year here, a couple years here in New York. Deshaun Corbin, this is a player who was undrafted out of Florida State. Giants brought him in. He had a pretty promising camp preseason ended up being a practice squad player. I think he's somebody that would push Gary Brightwell for a roster spot, but maybe has somewhat of an uphill battle. But what are your opinions on Deshaun Corbin? Yeah, I think he's going to have to prove himself as a special teams player to make the Giants roster in 2023. I thought of the of the Giants kind of fringe running backs last year, I thought he was kind of the most exciting. He's got a 
pretty good physical profile is what six foot 220 ish 215 maybe 222 somewhere in that range i thought he was a good runner i thought he had better athletic ability than gary brightwell and i i really felt like he he had a a dark horse's chance to make the giants roster but Brightwell, he had the special teams acumen to beat him out, and that is important for the back end of a roster. Like The Giants' new coaching staff, or their current coaching staff, that is, they're very good about getting everybody reps in their respective unit, either offense, defense. But those guys at the back end of the roster, the particularly the bottom 10 after, or the bottom 15 or so after you're starting 22 in their primary backups, the guys that are all but starters, they need to be special teams players first. The Giants might not have specialists quite like, you know, Joe Judge just accumulated special teams players where their only job was special teams. But you, like I said, you do still need to have a special teams acumen to make the back end of, of a roster. And I'm not sure if Deshaun Corbin is a better special teams player than Gary Brightwell. And these next two players we're going to talk about are not running backs. But if we remember back to the end of the 2022 season, the New York Giants started using Daniel Bellinger, rookie tight end, as a fullback. They started using him as a fullback out of the backfield. They started using him as a fullback to cut block three techniques like they did against the Colts with DeForest Buckner that allowed the guard to climb up to the second level so you can have a numbers advantage at the second level. So as long as a player like Bellinger can make that block, which he has proven that he can, that can allow you to spring possibly more explosive runs and just longer runs. And I want to bring up Bellinger because now the Giants added Darren Waller who's going to operate in the Bellinger role plus, obviously. So now you have Bellinger, a very good football player, that you can put out there as a fullback in what would appear to be 12 personnel, but you can use him in a 21 personnel type role to help spring some longer runs. And I think the Giants are going to use a little bit more of that when the season comes, because I think Daniel Bellinger is too good to not put out there on the football field. And if you want to Give yourself an advantage. You don't always have to align him on the line of scrimmage. I think he is adaptable enough to put in the backfield and act as a fullback. So I wanted to kind of acknowledge Daniel Bellinger and also another player that you wanted to talk about was a UDFA out of ECU named Ryan Jones. What were your opinions on how the Giants used Daniel Bellinger last year in that role kind of as a quasi fullback? And do you think Ryan Jones could possibly be a backup to Daniel Bellinger in that sense? More than likely not make the roster, but what do you think of Ryan Jones as well? Ryan Jones is an interesting player because he's six foot one, two forty five. Like, if I just told you you had a six foot one, two hundred and forty five pound offensive player, you would say, "Oh, that's a fullback." But he was a tight end. He moved around that ECU offensive front, so I think he does kind of he fits as an H back at the NFL level. And it'll be interesting, I think, to see how he is used in training camp and in the preseason because he was actually a pretty important part of ECU's passing offense. And yeah, he caught 78 passes for 855 yards and nine touchdowns over his two years at ECU. Uh, Just, he started his career at Oklahoma as a linebacker before transferring. So 
he is kind of still learning the position, the job. I personally think he's going to be a be a practice squad player, but considering how the Giants liked to use their pony personnel, how they used that 21 personnel, and also the beginning of last year, they did use a lot of 12 personnel. Having a player like Ryan Jones, maybe not this year, but in the future, could give you some interesting versatility. Again, similar to what Darren Waller could do by giving you a 12 personnel look that is basically 11 personnel. Ryan Jones could give you a 12 personnel look that is either 11 personnel or basically 21 personnel where he is essentially a fullback, but also a tight end at the same time. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Jeremiah Hall from Oklahoma, who was a UDFA last year. The Giants ended up releasing. I think Ryan Jones is more athletic than Hall, but I think Hall was a much better blocker than Ryan Jones. But as you already said, and I agree, Ryan Jones is new to this position. So maybe there is more development, more meat on the bone there for the Giants to seize. Andy Bischoff, get to work. All right. (laughs) Anything else on this running back room of the New York football Giants? No, mostly I think the biggest thing to keep an eye on is that Saquon Barkley contract. You know, I don't think the Giants running offense needs to evolve any. It'll be interesting to see the impact that John Michael Schmitz has on the offense, what happens with the guard positions, how Evan Neal develops. We'll talk about that a lot more in our offensive line show. But as far as the, just from an X's and O's standpoint, the Giants did a really good job of running the ball last year. I think a, the defensive switch at large across the NFL to a lot more uh, middle of the field open defenses, either cover two, cover four, uh, lighter boxes, that helped. Also, having Daniel Jones be healthy all season, carry the ball 120 times, and how the Giants kind of turned him loose to run and also schemed that are blocking and route combinations to facilitate that running help the giants on the ground. But I don't think they really need any X's and O's development or uh, wild iterations on what they did last year. The big thing really is what's going to happen with Saquon Barkley. And hopefully that will get resolved. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in here to the Chris and Nick Show. Please, if you have not done so already, like and subscribe to the show. And also head on over to BigBlueView.com where you can digest all of our written content. Thank you, everyone, and have a lovely day. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.